The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. 15, 64, 50, 80, 90, hey, hey! Hey, you guys. Oh, my God. And welcome to a very Brady podcast. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Tack, and I'll be your skipper on this episode of the tour. And with me, as always, is my first mate and little buddy of the show, the Jimmy. Oh, you think I'm little? Thank you. <laughs> and on this podcast, we celebrate classic, iconic TV shows as we break them down one episode at a time. What we do, Jimmy, as you know. Oh yeah. We take the episode. We do. We break it down with our bad selves. We try to get it to work together with us, only to find out it hasn't been happy for the last five years and may want its own hut. All for you, the listener. Hmm. On today's episode, we take a look at Gilligan's Island, Season 1, Episode 2, entitled Home Sweet Hut. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. Gilligan's Island is available to stream nowhere for free, mm. but it is available for purchase on Apple TV and Amazon Prime. Or you can do what we did and buy the series DVD box set available now through our Amazon affiliate link on our website at averybradypodcast.com slash shop. It's a great way to support the show. Yes. <sighs> so... What's going on, Jimmy? How you doing? Good. I'm feeling a little under the weather, but then again, I guess we're all technically under the weather. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> What's wrong, Pookie? You're not feeling good? What's nah, wrong? Been, I had a fever and uh, had the chills, that kind of stuff, but that's really the only symptoms that and I cough a lot, but that's hmm. okay. I'll man up. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, that's good. Was your week all right? Anything I think so. Going on? Um, oh, one thing I wanted to... to, to bring up mm-hmm. i was talking to somebody at work you know my good friend matt shout mm-hmm. out to matt you know we've heard about him before um <clears throat> but I, I can't remember what app he said he listens to the podcast on it's not um it's not apple it's not spotify but he said they were sh- they were airing a lot of commercials at the beginning of it um huh. and they weren't i don't think there were commercials that were ours so if you're using a third-party app just know that we haven't really added any commercials if you're if you're hearing a lot of commercials that's not us. We we use <clears throat> we have the book one running. We have the um, anchor one running, and I think that's it, right? Uh, it's usually one more, usually one more like wizards yeah, okay. or something like that. But yeah. yeah. So oh, and yeah. So we we do apologize if you're experiencing that, but um, like we can assure you, it's not us. Yeah. Mm. Good good message. Good message. Yep. Yeah. Nothing's really exciting on my week. Well, that's not true. I keep avoiding the topic, but. Basically, Jimmy, uh, as you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to move again. Yeah. It's out of state, out of Florida, away yeah. from Florida. What state are you moving to, Tack? Just because we might have listeners there. Oh, that's true. I will be heading to Illinois. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. exciting. What's in Illinois? Well, I have a lot of family up there, like my dad, stepmom, three well, other the, sisters. And the correct answer that. is corn and soybean. That's oh, yeah. literally, that's what's in Illinois. Corn. 
Yeah. A lot of corn. Yep. A lot of soybean too. And then the next year it's corn bean, corn bean and soy corn bean, soybean and corn. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> no, no, that's cool though. Not really, but yeah, I mean, it sure is, it is, but you know, it, you know, it's not, the reasons aren't correct, but <laughs> <laughs> that's okay though. That's good though. Get to hang out with family yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I'd just been trying to get my life together and literally pack it up in boxes and get ready for this move sometime this month. That's exciting. So, but you've moved yeah, most guess. of your life, so this is nothing. I know. I'm tired of moving. I just want to find a spot and stay there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating. So one thing that, that happened this week is um, you had you had given Caitlin, my daughter, uh, a guitar amp, a Fender guitar amp. Yeah. And so, you know, we got a home and had been sitting in the storage unit for a long time, probably like a decade or so. And um, so we went to plug it in and had some weird noises and stuff. So, you know, me and Caitlin repaired the uh, input jack and now it's functioning exactly like it's supposed to. And she could not be happier. She freaking loves it. So kudos to you for doing that for she's super happy. She can't get over the fact that she has her own amp. She thinks it's the most amazing thing ever. Mm hmm. Nice, nice. She even asked me, she's like, why do you keep calling this my amp? I'm like, because it's your amp. Like, Uncle Dad gave it to you. It's, it's your amp. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was kind of exciting. Nice. It was nice. Good. Well, good. I'm glad she's happy. And when she found out that I used to use it, you used to use it, she's like, well, it's like a family heirloom. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, what did you think of this episode? Oh, that's good. We always yeah. forget about that. Um, Let's see here. This one was like, we're still establishing some things here. Right. And this episode is a perfect example. Like, they haven't even, they don't even have a place to live yet. Right. So, I thought this one was a lot of, the scenes were very long, so I had to split them up. Um, so, even though it is one scene, but it was just, I would be reading the first scene forever. It'd be so like two scenes. <laughs> yeah. So, I split it up into two scenes. So, I'll be reading half a scene. Jimmy, you'll be reading mm. the other half. You know, stuff like that. And uh, basically, that boils down to because there weren't any other locations because they hadn't built them yet. Right, right. <laughs> so, it was just basically, you know, over here or over there. there it is kind like of funny, a, though, in this episode. It's like, okay, you can make a pretty sturdy raft that took you pretty out, pretty far out in the ocean. You made freaking golf clubs like the first day you were there. It seemed like <laughs> right. you're making all this cool stuff, but you can't seem to make a hut to save your life. Like, what, what, what's <laughs> It's a shame they didn't have a cave on the island. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. We're, we're supposed to keep a blind eye to that, I guess. Right. I know, because they're, they're complaining. Like, there's a storm coming. We need to get yeah, right? shelter What do we do? I wish there was a safe place to go. Like, something made of stone. Like, yeah, well, like, I mean. Wasn't there a cave, cave last week that we just dealt with? Yeah. <laughs> And it's even Good better point. that the all the rocks are in front of it because now the cage can't the cage now the cave can't flood. Perfect. <laughs> it's true. But what do we know? We're not professors or skippers. <laughs> so <clears throat> or little buddies or first mates or nope or billionaires. Yeah, or their wives. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the movie star. <laughs> or the rest. Yes. <laughs> that's okay then yeah what did you think of the episode oh it was all right it wasn't too bad there were some funny scenes in it um yeah but it wasn't it wasn't too bad it was you know i didn't realize that it would be so like 
like everybody would turn so nitpicky so fast. But oh, right, like really petty. Like everybody uh, gets angry. Everybody except Gilligan. He's the only one that keeps it cool. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It just seemed like every guy, everybody got really petty really fast. Yeah. yeah. All right. But I guess that would kind of happen. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I think if this was real, like, I, I think they would have eaten the house by now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would have. I wonder what season that happens in. Probably season four. Well, maybe season five. That might be why it got canceled. <laughs> There's only three seasons. That's true, yeah. Hmm. All okay. right. Well, let's take our first break because, you know, Jimmy's tired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And when we come back, we're really going to break this episode down and get into it. You going to be ready? I'm going to be ready. All right. We'll be back. Hey, movie fans. Have you ever wanted just one more adventure from your favorite film heroes? Ever imagined an alternate entry in your favorite movie franchise that didn't suck? Then Sequel Quest is the podcast to make your wildest cinematic fantasies come true. Every episode, Adam, Jeff, and Jeremy pitch imaginary sequels, prequels, and reboots to your favorite movie franchises like E.T. the Extraterrestrial, cult classics like Surf Ninjas and the Monster Squad, famous flops like Jupiter Ascending, how about a third Tim Burton Batman film or getting back on the ice with the Mighty Ducks? With over a hundred episodes in our archives, you'll definitely find a favorite as the SQ crew reminisce about the films and find creative, cool, and wacky ways to continue the fun on the silver screen. Sequel Quest is presented by the Retro Network and can be found on any of your favorite podcast apps. Just search Sequel Quest and prepare yourselves for fake movie fun at its finest. And we are back. Yes. All right. So we got Gilligan's Island, season one, episode two, entitled Home Sweet Hut. Facts about the episode. It first aired on October 3rd, 1964. Damn. Written by Bill Davenport and Charles Tannen mm. and directed by Richard Donner. And Blitzen. <laughs> and according to IMDb, in the first season, the producers managed to sneak something past the censors. Ooh. Every time the plot calls for the cast to be awakened during the night. You get to see the castaways and what they wore to bed. Oh, shit. Except for Ginger. Oh, no. Who is always seen wrapped in just a blanket. Mm. A subtle detail that implies Ginger sleeps in the nude. A very risque concept for the 1960s. Also, this is the second and last time the skipper is referenced by his real name, Jonas Grumby. When is he referenced as Jonas Grumby? On the radio, where they basically recap again. About oh, oh, the Lost Castaways. Oh, oh okay. Um, the episode marks the first appearance of the iconic lagoon uh, constructed on a back lot at CBS in Hollywood. So wait a minute. What what lagoon did we see last week then? I don't know. It's a good question. We definitely hmm. saw a lagoon last week. Yeah. I wish they weren't liars. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> if you look at satellite images, you can see where the um, 
the lagoon used to be. It's now a parking lot. But it mm. looks like some of the trees from the lagoon are still there. They're just part of the the little green areas in the parking lot. So I thought that was kind of neat. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Also, this is the first episode Gilligan dresses as a woman. Oh. <laughs> it only took two episodes, too. <laughs> and also, the theme song does not include the professor and Marianne yet. So No, it doesn't. And the rest. Like, no, 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 no. Don't cheat us. So weird. All right. So uh, you ready to fade in? I am ready to fade in. All right. So we fade in. Our story opens up with the skipper cooking breakfast by the fire on the beach. Mm. Gilligan walks up and says, morning, skipper. To which the skipper says, morning, Gilligan. Gilligan asks, can I help, sir? Skipper proudly says, sure you can. Gilligan asks, what do you want me to do? He then stops the skipper from speaking and says, I know. Sit down and shut up. Skipper says, what? Gilligan says, that's what you say if I ask if I can help. Skipper says, I do? Sit down and shut up? Gilligan <laughs> nods in agreement. Skipper, still confused, asks, well, why should I say a thing like that? Gilligan says, because you're a dick. <laughs> because you think I'll goof something up. Skipper says, of course you'll goof something up, Gilligan, but that's still no way to talk to my little buddy. <laughs> Gilligan says, no, it isn't. As a matter of fact, I'm getting tired of it, Skipper. Oh, damn. And someday I'm liable just to jump ship Ooh. if we ever get on a ship again. <laughs> no, wrong spot. Okay. All right. Skipper says... <laughs> Gilligan, you're absolutely right, and I'm sorry. Now, this is not a joke like we did last week. Like, he literally said this. <clears throat> you're absolutely right, and I'm sorry. But you know me, I spout things out without even thinking. But I promise I'll keep a check on myself from now on, okay? <clears throat> Gilligan smiles and says, okay. Skipper puts his hand out and asks, still shipmates? Gilligan shakes his hand and says, yes, sir. Skipper smiles and says... <laughs> Good. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> now let's get... Sorry, I'll put my phone away. Keep it going. Don't put it away. <laughs> Good. Now let's get this breakfast ready for the folks. Gilligan once again asks, Skipper, can I help? Skipper says, sure you can, Gilligan. Gilligan asks, what do you want me to do? The Skipper and Gilligan both say, sit down and shut up. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So this is the second episode in a row where we see pineapple. Is that like a, is that like, is that where Sight got it from? <laughs> I mean, they're on a tropical island. So. True. But I mean, I don't know if you know anything about pineapples, but I've grown them in my yard and they take like a year and a half before <laughs> they produce anything. Right. So they would wipe out all the pineapples on that island pretty quick and not get any more anytime soon. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, his withdrawal must be wearing off. <laughs> that, that must be why he was nice for a second. <laughs> that or he fermented some coconut <clears throat> juice or something. I don't know, but yeah, he took a shot of uh, something <laughs> before yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's, it, it's it's how bad his withdrawal symptoms are. Yeah. But wow, look at Gilligan standing up for himself already. Just a second right? episode. Hell so, yeah. I expect from here on out, like smooth sailing between the two of them. I mean, Gilligan's not in the Navy. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't know why he acts like he is. Like, aye, aye, Captain. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're not in the Navy. Like, it's still a naval thing. 
Like even it if, is, but I mean, until you get on a desert island, you're not getting a paycheck anymore. Like, <laughs> true. So I don't know, but he stood up for himself, so that's good. Hmm. All right, scene two. Just then, the Howells arrive for breakfast. Mister Howell says, "Good morning, there." Missus Howell says, "Good morning, Gilligan." Good morning, Captain. What's on the menu for breakfast this morning? The skipper says, "Fruit and powdered eggs." Mr. Howell says, wonderful. We'll have powdered eggs Benedict. The skipper rolls his eyes. Gilligan says, it's starting to rain. The skipper looks up confused and says, rain, don't be silly. Gilligan confirms and says, I just felt a raindrop on my nose. It's all wet. Mr. Howell says, oh, that just means that you're feeling good. (laughs) Mrs. Howell rolls her eyes and says, Thurston, that only applies to dogs. (laughs) Mr. Howell chuckles and says, you're so right. I'm sorry, boy. Mr. Howell touches Gilligan's shirt and says, my, his coat is wet. (laughs) Mrs. Howell now pulls out her parasol and says, I just felt the drop of rain too. Mr. Howell supporting his wife says, yes, you're so right, lovey. Gilligan suggests, maybe we ought to find a cave or something. Hey. Hmm. Huh. (laughs) (laughs) he's not stupid after all find one like you don't know where one is the skipper trying to keep everyone calm says relax folks it's just a summer sprinkle believe me when a real storm sets in you'll feel it just then hard rain comes out of nowhere gilligan says this isn't a real storm the skipper still stirring breakfast in a pan trying to ignore the pouring down rain yells back no gilligan shouts when do you think the real big storms are going to start? The skipper yells back, Gilligan, this is just a guess, but I'd say the real big storms will start in about 30 seconds ago. Hmm. The Howells try to huddle under Mrs. Howell's tiny parasol. Gilligan jumps up and tries to join them in an attempt to stay dry. The skipper continues to frustratedly cook in the pouring rain. Mm-hmm. You know, a little fun fact about the scene when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. As soon as Gilligan says, it's starting to rain. It literally started raining right then and there where I was at. Wow, that's weird. Where were you right? at? I was in my place. Like oh, okay. Was, you made it sound like you were at like, I don't know, coffee <clears throat> shop or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking on 42nd Street. Like, what? Mm. Okay. Um, this happens in Florida all the time. <laughs> like, I don't know how many times where it's raining in the backyard and not in the front yard. Like, um. Why is he continuing to stir whatever the fuck he's cooking when it's full of water and the fire's gone out? <laughs> I don't know. For comedy? And he, and he treats Gilligan like he's an idiot. <laughs> and so far, I've seen Gilligan come up with many good ideas. I think Gilligan is like the only smart one on the island and everybody else is a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe Gilligan is a genius. Maybe you're on to something last week. Maybe Gilligan is such a genius that he's so abstract that he just appears to be an idiot, but he's really not. He's like Einstein level. <laughs> I feel like that's an episode of the show. I have no idea. I remember. Hmm. Anyway. What if this whole time Gilligan's just eating mushrooms and imagined all this? <laughs> I don't know. Well, where is he? Like still on the boat? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> the boat is in harbor. Like he's wandering around the docks now, like trying to figure out where he is, <laughs> trying to make huts out of broomsticks and stuff. Like, hmm. Scene three. 
Later that day, everyone is now dressed in dapper clothing as the skipper addresses the guests and says, folks, today we had a little too much of bad weather. At this time, I'd like to say thanks to Mr. and Mrs. Howell for lending us these clothes while ours are drying out. Mr. Howell, while holding a tropical drink, says, hear, hear. Glad that we could be of any help, Skipper, anytime. Ginger says, oh, I hope it doesn't start to rain while I'm wearing your beautiful coat. Mrs. Howell says, don't you worry, dear. That's one of those drip-dry foxes. Just then, Gilligan walks up with clothes in his arms. He says, Skipper, these clothes are all still wet. Skipper says, well, don't bother me with those details. Go over to the fire and dry them out. Gilligan says, aye, aye, sir. And he walks off. Skipper goes on. Now, folks, I think one of the first things that we must agree upon is a permanent building in which we live in, right? The other castaways all agree. Over at the fire, Gilligan asks, hey, Skipper. What am I going to hang these clothes on to dry? Skipper says, Gilligan, don't bother me about that. Use your head for once. Gilligan, now confused at the instructions from his captain, begins to feel his own head. (laughs) The skipper goes on. I've drawn up a plan of an idea that I have that I think will be exactly what we need. Skipper lays down a drawing of his plan that he did on the back of some charts. Mrs. Howell says... I think it's very nice, Captain, but I'd like to see some other models before we decide. Where's Mike Brady? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Howell adds, Yes, I like this one here. He points with his foot. He continues, It seems to have a functional floor plan, and green is my favorite color. Skipper says, Mr. Howell, that is a map of Australia. Mr. Howell says, Oh, do you know how much they're asking for it? Mr. Howell just laughs and says, I, I, I hate kangaroos. Just <laughs> <laughs> like a weird random. <laughs> the skipper now trying to move forward says, now folks, I have only one plan. So if any of you have any suggestions, I'd like to hear them. Back at the fire, Gilligan stands wearing a dress next to the fire to dry it off quicker. He adds, I like it just fine, skipper. The skipper, not noticing him, says, thanks a lot, Gilligan. He then takes a double take at Gilligan and asks, what are you doing with Ginger's dress on? <laughs> Gilligan, now a little embarrassed, says, oh, uh, well, uh, I couldn't think of any other way to dry it, Skipper. The skipper, annoyed at his little buddy, says, that's using your head for once. Hmm. So we got to see Gilligan in a dress. Mm-hmm. It kind of looked like olive oil a little bit. <laughs> Which I guess that would make sense because like Popeye was a sailor, you know? Uh, yeah. you know he probably liked the sailor type. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is where olive oil came from. Maybe it's really Gilligan and Drag. Um, so I was really confused at first. Like, why does he have a map of Australia? Like, I guess you would have maps of the entire world, but on a little tiny boat like that, are they really going to travel around the world? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, they're out of... Honolulu, so how far is Australia? Pretty far. Like it's in the southern hemisphere. Like Right, but I don't know. I don't hmm. know. On a, a little question. tiny boat like that, they're not gonna make it to Australia. But anyways, <laughs> um but I'm assuming I put down I'm assuming he drew on a map instead of, I don't know, Mr. Howell's paper. He was just using it last week. What does oh. H mean? Oh, that's Howell dear. The whole thing? <laughs> right, right. Um, why did he have to ruin his maps? Like I don't know. Anyways, um, no, I was researching and it says that Mr. Howell's a billionaire with a B, right? 
Right. So if he had just $1 billion, yeah. how much do you think that would be worth in today's money? <laughs> oh, that's yay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just to understand the scope of how rich this guy was. Um, it's, I, not as imp- it's not as impressive as you think. No, I would probably think it'd be like, so if it's 1 billion, maybe right. like 1.2 billion. I don't know. The, according to the calculator I used, it would be almost $10 billion. Oh, wow. And that's if he only had 1 billion. That's a lot. Yeah. So if he had $2 billion, that's almost $20 billion. Like that's wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Get an understanding of how rich this guy was. Well, this character was. Yeah, there was yeah. some video game I was playing one time, and you built up money. Can't remember what the game was now. GTA. Um, no. Oh, it was um, I forget. It was some app game where you like build up money. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. And so like, you can get to where you're like in the billions and trillions of dollars and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but you also have to buy things with that money too. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't realize how much money there really is. Yeah, like yeah. I remember having, cause your money is always like constantly going up or going down as you're spending it. So when you're in the trillions and you have to drop like $10 million on something, you don't even notice like it missing out of that number. Like yeah. it's like so crazy. <clears throat> well, I play a game where it's like um, stocks, like buying and selling kind of thing. And yeah. it gets like that. Like it gets to the point where you got so much money that you can buy a stock and have it go up dramatically and sell it, and you see no difference in your money. <laughs> yeah. Because you can That's only hold crazy. so much at a time kind of thing. I thought Gilligan's little awkwardness as he's wearing the dress was really <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. He was pretty good at, at physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Gilligan is. <laughs> he went, and what, what shocks me is like, it doesn't seem like they gave a shit about safety in this. <laughs> like know. actor safety? Like, right. Like he's standing next to a fire and earlier the skipper was sitting over a fire. Like it was a real fire. (laughs) Right. Remember when he had to bring the fire over and like drop it? Yeah. Yeah. That was a real fire. Yeah. Yeah. And if you listen to office ladies, they said on the set of the office, Mm -hmm. like they had to have a safety briefing because they had a lit candle. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they had freaking fire that they were walking around with. (laughs) Yeah. I was totally spoiler alert. I was totally expecting him to come over and have his ass literally be on fire. (laughs) Hmm. Like, they shot an arrow at Gilligan last week. Like, <laughs> seriously? Well, there's more, like, because uh, I've been going ahead and working on synopsis and stuff. Right. There's some crazy stuff that happens later. Jeez. I mean, he wasn't a stuntman, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Bob Denver? I mean, he was in this show. Man. That's insane. Yeah. Scene four. The skipper now turns back to the professor and Marianne, sorry, and asks, what do you folks think of my plan? Marianne says, sounds okay to me. Not a care in the world. Not stressed about anything. (laughs) Ginger adds. That's exactly how I planned it. Yeah. Ginger adds, I think it's fine. (laughs) Could you build my place down by the beach? Mrs. Howell states, I think we'd be more comfortable up in the hills. I love the beach, but weekends, everybody drops in. (laughs) Mr. Howell confirms and requests, yes, a hillside hut looking down on the others. (laughs) Gilligan runs over to the skipper and hands him Ginger's dress while wearing Marianne's dress and says, here you are, skipper. Nice and dry. The skipper says, well, don't give it to me. Give it to Ginger. (laughs) 
Gilligan hands the dress to Ginger. Ginger says, I hope you didn't stretch it. She's hmm. bigger than Gilligan. I know. Gilligan <laughs> says, no. And Marianne, yours will be dry in a minute. He then curtsies <laughs> in her dress. <laughs> He then curtsies in her dress and runs off to dry it. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> the skipper now trying to explain to the castaways, folks, I want to get one thing straight. We are not building individual huts. The fact is we'll have one permanent building until we are rescued. Mrs. Howell in shock asks, you mean all seven of us are going to live in one hut? The skipper says, it's a lot quicker and easier if we all pitch in and work together. Remember the old saying, united we stand. Mr. Howell interrupts and says, in a hut like that, that's the way you'll sleep too. <laughs> that was a funny line. The professor now speaks up and says, I'll go along with the skipper. If the rain this morning was any indication, we're in for an early storm season. Yeah. The skipper says, you think? No. <laughs> the skipper says, that's right, professor. And that storm might hit any moment now. So we'd better get to work right away. Mrs. Howell says, <clears throat> I guess the skipper's right, dear. We can build our house anytime. Mr. Howell says, yes, but excuse me, not like that one. You see, I see sort of a Southern colonial mansion with big wide verandas, sort of a, a bamboo column, you know. And we can plant the whole thing with mint. The house then walk off daydreaming of what they could have. Mm -hmm. The skipper looks at the professor and says, thanks for backing me up, professor. The professor says, it was the only practical solution at the moment, skipper. Mm. <laughs> the professor then walks off. Ginger says, we'll do anything we can to help skipper. The skipper looks mm. at her and Marianne and says, well, I... Really don't know what you ladies can do. <laughs> but Marianne says, Oh, anything. Oh, yeah. I used to be a Girl Scout, and they teach you a lot. Mm. Ginger adds, I used to go with Boy Scouts, and they teach you a lot, too. Shit. But... Just then, cock-blocking Gilligan arrives, <laughs> waving Marianne's dress at her while wearing the skipper's clothes and says, here you are, Marianne, real nice and dry. Marianne takes the dress and walks off thanking Gilligan. Ginger follows. The skipper says, bye, girls. <laughs> he then turns to Gilligan and angrily says, thanks a lot, dick. <laughs> you know that's what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well... Are my clothes dry yet? Gilligan says, a little too dry, Skipper. See? Gilligan turns around and there's smoke coming from the ass of his pants. No. The Skipper jumps and says, Gilligan! <laughs> and then pours his tropical drink all over him to put out the fire. Mm. So the skipper is about to get some. That's what he thought until Gilligan came up with a fucking cock block. Mm -hmm. And they were like, we'll do anything you say. <laughs> and he was like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, so does that oh. mean Marianne's gay? If she's to hang out with a bunch of Girl Scouts? 
Because Ginger was right was there. She, She's like, nah, I used to hang out with Boy Scouts. I used to go out in the woods with them. Well, you want to hang out with a bunch of girls. Girl that's What's that? I was a Girl Scout. And then Ginger said I used to go with a Boy Scout. Hell yeah. So. Hmm. Damn. You think Ginger and Marianne ever made out? Oh, I'm sure they scissored in the hut for sure. I wouldn't go that far. Oh, but I think they sorry. definitely like experimented. I, I think they why, probably made why out. Why are you stuff. ruining this for me? <laughs> <laughs> they made out. So they These used, scissors. like I said a minute ago, they used real fire on the show. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. shocks me for some reason. Um, but also Marianne just doesn't have, she don't give a shit about anything. She has no care in the world. <laughs> she was shipwrecked on an island. She lost her job at the general store. Apparently that's where she worked because, you <laughs> oh, yeah, know, a general right. store pays enough to go on a cruise. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> this is like the worst thing to ever happen to her. She's lost contact with her family, her siblings, any friends she had. And mm-hmm. she's thrilled to death that her fucking dress is dry. She couldn't be happier. This is the best. This is the best day she's ever had because her dress is dry. <laughs> she got to see Gilligan in a dress. She got to talk about Girl Scouts. She's just thrilled to death, having the greatest <laughs> time of her life. <clears throat> yeah, interesting, hmm. ain't it? Yeah, just amazing how carefree she is right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I bring up a little bit of something later on in the episode too. So Are you can pull your pants down again. <laughs> Well, I already have them down now. What do you mean? Oh, okay. <laughs> Scene five. A bit later, there's a storm a brewing. The wind picks up. The clouds roll in. Thunder and lightning strike. This sounds like a country song. <laughs> Castaways listen to the oh. Castaways listen to the weather report with what little power is left on the radio. How much power has this thing got? Yeah, I know. These are really good batteries. No, these are like the Duracells, <laughs> like the, the, the Energizer Bunny ones. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, the radio weatherman says, gathering clouds are a clear indication that a tropical storm is considerable fury may be expected shortly. Oh, shit. Coast Guard warnings have been issued to small craft in the area. The Coast Guard announced today that it has given up the search for the seven people aboard the SS Minnow, a small excursion boat which left Honolulu Harbor last week on a three-hour sightseeing cruise. In addition to first mate Gilligan and his skipper, Jonas Grumby, the passenger list included multimillionaire Thurston Howe III and his Gilligan while carrying the buckets of water on the end of a bamboo pole over his shoulders walks over to the rest of the castaways as they get to work on building their shelter. Gilligan says, Hi, Professor. Do you want a drink of water? Professor says, No, thanks, Gilligan. Gilligan swings around, almost hitting Mr. Howell, and asks, Hi, Mr. Howell. Want a drink of water? Mr. Howell replies, No, thank you, Gilligan. Gilligan looks over at some hanging buckets on the side of the building that Mr. Howell is painting bamboo shoots out of. Gilligan asks what it is. Mr. Howell says, it's for weather stripping the hut. It's concoction the professor prepared. Gilligan swings back around to the professor and says, Hey, professor, you know you're really great. I got to take these to the skipper. Gilligan now realizes he's a little too wide to get through the doorway and slams both buckets into the walls. He turns and goes in sideways, but snags one of the buckets on the pole, which spins him around and almost running into the skipper. The skipper says, Gilligan, will you watch what you're doing? Gilligan stops himself from spinning. The skipper goes on. We've got to finish this hut by tonight. 
there's a storm brewing out there someplace. As the skipper bends down to pick up some sticks, Gilligan swings around and looks out into the distance and dumps water all over the skipper's back. Oh, shit. The skipper gets up quickly and says, thanks a lot, Gilligan. This is the only dry shirt I have left. Gilligan says, I'm sorry, Skipper. Are we going to move in here tonight? Skipper says, that's what the plan is. We'll have to work until we drop. Now get that water in the barrel. Gilligan says, aye, aye, sir. As he turns, he hits the skipper right in the gut with one of the buckets. The skipper lets out a big oop as he hits him. The skipper, now losing all patience and losing his damn mind, yells out, Gilligan, will you put that water in there while I get some more palm fronds? <laughs> it's hard to yell and say palm fronds. <laughs> What's funny is like, why did they take the time to build that stupid thing he's holding the water with? What <laughs> what does that help at all? Like, he could easily just grab a bucket with each hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it would make it so much easier. Like, why did they take that? They got to build this hut. Well, wait, first I got to make this stupid contraption to carry water over Gillian's shoulders. Why? Just let them <laughs> carry it with buckets. Like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. I don't know. I thought no, that was dumb. It's easier <laughs> to carry that way. So I don't know. Second, why the hell are they trying to weather uh, protect bamboo? It's already waterproof, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's already outside in the elements. Yeah, yes, it yeah. is. So I thought that was kind of silly, but I love how Mr. Howe literally holds his drink that he's drinking underneath the paintbrush when he's getting more paint. <laughs> like he has the, 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 the drink, he dips his paintbrush in the thing and then pulls it out. And he, his drink is literally right underneath it. If any of it would have dropped, it would have went straight in his drink. You can tell he's never done this kind of shit before in his life. There's no way. And I don't know if that was intentional on Jim Backus's part, but if so, that's, that's such a subtle detail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bob Denver's physical comedy was really, really good. <laughs> yeah. That was really great timing and all that. And but I mean, water he and, did all that with actual water in those buckets. <laughs> yeah. like that's what's crazy about it. It's not like they had fake buckets and then when the time came to have the water splash, they replaced them. No, you could tell that they, there was weight behind it the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's crazy <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. So it's weird how the radio said, I can't remember if we actually talked about this last week or not, but I think I mentioned something. Um, gathering clouds are clear indication that a tropical storm is considerable. Fury may be expected shortly. Okay. So I did a, a deep dive on... Um, but like we didn't categorize hurricanes until 1971. Okay. And the use of Doppler radar for weather use was still fairly new at this point, And it wasn't used by all weather stations yet. So that's pretty much all they would get. Like, and I'm guessing a tropical storm is probably coming maybe. Right. Or it could be a hurricane. We'll see. But we didn't like categorize them yet. So it could have been yeah. a one or a five or they didn't fucking know. I, I can't remember what year it was, but the big storm that hit Galveston. Uh, was the first time they really, that was the first time somebody predicted and was correct at where it hit. And unfortunately, you know, nobody believed them, but that's a whole nother story. What year was that? I can't remember. I can't remember what year it was. What decade? Do you remember a decade? Um, I want to say the the 50s or 60s, I think. Hmm. But this guy came up with a way of predicting where he thought the storm was going to go. And he was right, but nobody believed him. Like, so a bunch of people got their, their property destroyed and stuff. If you follow like air currents and stuff, like yeah, it's going to kind of give you a little indication. Right. There's some like major air currents that kind of run through like the United States and all that. Um, I always laugh 
when we have a hurricane and, and, oh, it's off the coast of Africa and we're thinking it'll hit somewhere between North Carolina and Key West. It's like, well, shit, I could have told you that. <laughs> you can't even tell me if it's going to rain tomorrow. You give me a percentage. What makes you think you can predict where the storm's going to go in a week? Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> Anyways. Scene six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The skipper then runs off while Gilligan puts the water in the barrel. As he attempts to leave, his bucket hits the ceiling, knocking down some bamboo in the process. As he steps out, he quickly thinks for a moment and says, uh-oh. Gilligan drops his buckets, runs back inside, and puts the lid back on the barrel of water. He then says, phew, that was a close one. Somebody could have stepped right into that three-foot-tall barrel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that happens all the time. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Just then the skipper climbs out of the barrel of water and says, thanks to you, Gilligan, somebody already has. Mm. Gilligan says, well, I'm sorry. You shouldn't stand on this. It's too dangerous. (laughs) I'll go get a ladder. The skipper, now on the brink of an aneurysm, screams out, never mind. Gilligan says, it's okay. It's right over here by the door. As Gilligan runs to get the ladder, he passes Mr. Howell, still weather stripping, and says, that's a real good job, Mr. Howell. Mr. Howell thanks him. Gilligan then sees the ladder, and with all the the Hulk strength he has, (laughs) he grabs it and picks it up to take take it to Skipper. As he does this, we hear a scream and a thud. Gilligan stops and asks, what was that? He, he looks over and sees the professor lying on the ground, barely conscious. <laughs> so homeboy picked the ladder up with the professor on it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea Gilligan was that strong. <laughs> Damn. Gilligan walks over to him, leans down and asks, Professor, did you hear something out here? The professor, barely conscious, says, what? As he attempts to get up, Gilligan... Says, <laughs> oh, you're taking a nap, huh? That's okay, because the skipper will drive you till you drop. Go back to sleep. Gilligan then pushes the professor's head back down and hits it on a bamboo chute. Hmm. Gilligan now grabs the ladder and begins to take it to the skipper as he bangs it on something. He then says, uh-oh, and looks over, and he has knocked the bucket of weather stripping on Mr. Howell's head. Hmm. As he lifts it off his head, he says, sorry, I really am, Mr. Howell. I guess I wasn't looking. Mr. Howell says, yes, and then paints a mustache and goatee on Gilligan's face. (laughs) Gilligan now awkwardly picks up the ladder carefully and backs away as he says, probably the stupidest thing I ever did in my whole entire life. As he's backing up, of course, not looking where he's going, now clotheslines the skipper right in the neck against the wall. The skipper grunts out, you want to bet on that, Gilligan? Gilligan looks back to see what he's actually done and pulls the ladder away as the skipper throws it. The ladder is thrown with such force that Gilligan flies out into a tree as the skipper chases after him. Gilligan bounces off the tree, which causes Gilligan and the skipper to both fall into the lagoon. <laughs> mm. uh, so, like, explain to me again how the skipper stepped, quote, stepped into the water barrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess he was. He thought he could stand on it, I guess, I'm assuming. Oh, is that it? Like, maybe he was trying to reach up something, but didn't but, realize Did you see that- how flimsy that lid was? That lid ain't going to support him. 
<laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I really didn't get that part at all. I was confused. Yeah. I don't think that was thought out very well. I think mm. they were just looking at the joke. They wanted, they wanted to get the skipper in the barrel somehow <laughs> with it being Gilligan's fault. And yeah. not to mention the fact that like, was he up high and he slipped and fell into the barrel? That's not Gilligan's fault. They could have had him standing on a box or something and have Gilligan nudge him with the ladder and he falls backward into the to the barrel. They could have done it yeah. that way. Yeah, that would have been better. Uh. Yeah, I, that's one thing I was hung up on was how did Gilligan pull that ladder out if the professor was standing on it? <laughs> that didn't yeah, make any sense to me. Sense. No. Gilligan's strong as fuck. <laughs> we're learning so much about Gilligan today. Well, no wonder Marianne and Ginger were flirting with him. Like, damn. They were flirting with the captain. Yeah, I know, but last week, weren't they flirting with Gilligan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they want yeah. Gilligan. He's strong as fuck, dude. Like, he'll fuck <laughs> you up. <laughs> he'll fuck you up. All right. Scene a seven. Later that night, it's rest and relaxation time. The skipper now lying down in a handmade hammock trying to relax. Gilligan stands next to him and says, I still can't believe the place is really finished. Skipper trying to sleep says, Gilligan, it's been a long day. Why don't you hit the sack? And then after that, go to sleep. <laughs> That'd be funny if Gilligan was like, okay, and then punches him in the groin. <laughs> Gilligan hangs his hat up and climbs into the top hammock just above the skipper. He slips him first. This whole scene cracked me up the whole time. Because <laughs> they did such a good job. Especially there was a the couple of times, man. I was nervous that somebody was going to get hurt. <laughs> this is the funniest part. Well, let me get to it. We'll discuss it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> he slips his first attempt to get up and sits right on top of the skipper's belly. Skipper yells out, Oop! Gilligan now attempts to get up another way and slips over the side and onto the ground. He gets up, dusts himself off, and decides to go feet first. After he climbs up, he's finally in there. He slips off onto the ground once again. Skipper suggests, Why don't you try jumping into the upper sack? Gilligan says, Good thinking, Skipper. Gilligan then dives onto the upper sack and, of course, spins over and lands right on top of the skipper. Now, Gilligan and the skipper are on the ground. Skipper now suggests, Gilligan, why don't you get up in the lower sack and I'll get in the upper? Gilligan says, I hate to kick you out of your own bed. Skipper says, there's just not enough room for both of us in the lower sack. <laughs> they both get up and Gilligan grabs onto the skipper's lower sack and gets into it. Just as the skipper is about to get into the upper sack, Gilligan falls out and knocks the skipper to the ground, ass up. <laughs> Face down, ass up. The skipper gets up with anger and pulls Gilligan off the ground. Skipper gets into the upper sack as Gilligan now settles into the lower. Just as the skipper adjusts a little, he spins out and falls on top of Gilligan, knocking him out as well. <laughs> Sorry, I just had this. I just remember the visual of the captain face down and ass up. It was so funny. <laughs> Two sailors a couple, <laughs> a couple more attempts at this until finally they are both settled in and finally relaxing. The skipper now falls asleep, but just as we all know, time plus gravity plus weight plus heat equals droopy sacks. That's true. It does. Yeah. Sometimes smelly ones too. (laughs) The skipper's sack begins to droop right on top of Gilligan. Right in his face. Gilligan. His sack is right in his face. Gilligan attempts to breathe, but can't with the skipper's droopy sack all over. 
Gilligan fights to speak out. Skipper. Man, when he went to talk, I thought for sure the sack was going to right in his mouth. Like, I thought Skipper's <laughs> sack was going to be right there in his face. But, and he's going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm trying to talk whoa, with Skipper's sack in his mouth. <laughs> as Gilligan is still trying to get Skipper's droopy sack off his face, <laughs> we hear Mr. Hal from outside the hut say, you can have the bedroom all to yourself. I'll sleep out here tonight. Mrs. Howell says, you can sleep out there tomorrow night, too. Skipper wakes up and yells out, What was that, Gilligan? Meanwhile, the howls are still heard outside the hut. Mr. Howell says, I thought I might trouble you for my pillow. Mrs. Howell says, No trouble at all. Here's your pillow, and here's your blanket, and here's your teddy bear. Meanwhile, Gilligan is still fighting to get out from under the Skipper's sack. Skipper gets up and asks, Teddy bear? And now sees that his sack is all over Gilligan's body. Gilligan fights to speak up. Get up, please. The skipper rolls out of his sack and knocks Gilligan out of his in the process. Man, can you imagine having another guy's sack all over your face like that? I know. Man. Can you check and make sure I don't have a droopy sack? It, it probably reminds you of being in the Navy, doesn't it? Yeah, we're always sleeping in droopy sacks and putting sacks all over each other's no, I'm just faces. Ha- I'm talking about having sacks in your face. Like this. Yeah, having sacks in your face. No. And, yeah. <laughs> Um, man so many sacks talked about in that scene that was amazing Um, (laughs) it would have been funnier if if the skipper's butt was in Gilligan's face like if if they were sleeping opposite and somehow his butt landed up right in his face that would have been funny Um, okay no homo right okay but either either skipper was packing or he was really liking that scene like, I, don't I don't know if you know. noticed this, but uh-uh. homeboy was showing, if you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> no. But I thought the scene was done really well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you didn't notice that? I almost want you to go watch it again. Like, because you can <laughs> totally see his dick through his pants. I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> I mean, skippers? he's not like Milton Burl or anything, but like, he was liking that scene. Um, but who knew the, the howls were kind of white and trashy? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're all well, like, well, you can just get the fuck out and here's your pillow. Go sleep out in the fucking grass. Like, damn, really? Because <laughs> you know Mrs. Howell's neck started moving around and shit when she's yelling at Mr. Owl. <laughs> you know what I mean? And here's your fucking pillow and here's your fucking, you know, I'm like, damn. Here's your teddy bear. Damn. So, yeah. so you don't, you don't want to see the skipper's dick? <laughs> I'm, I'll look, I'll look later. Okay. <laughs> On break. <laughs> All right. Scene eight. The skipper puts his hat on and exits his part of the hut and asks, what is going on here? Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Mr. Howell says, never mind. It's a private matter. Mrs. Howell says, it is not. I want to know what the captain has to say about it and what Gilligan has to say about it. The professor, having been woken up, walks in, bunning up his shirt and asks, I'd like to say pipe down and get to sleep. Hmm. Mr. Howell barks back. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. Exactly. Mr. Howell <laughs> yeah. says, um, well, well, nobody asked your opinion, but I like hmm. Samuel Jackson's way better. <laughs> the skipper losing patience in sleep says, will you both keep it quiet? People are trying to sleep in here. Ginger now enters only covered with her blanket door. Hmm. Hell yeah. <laughs> Says, well, 
you're no help with you shouting at the top of your lungs. Yeah. <laughs> she means like moaning and stuff. Like. I know. She's like, oh, me and Marianne are trying to scissor in here. <laughs> It's like, damn, you guys are loud. And that's me- saying something if I say that. Um, <laughs> the skipper says, I'm not shouting at the top of my lungs. I'm trying to get some sleep. Mr. Mm-hmm. Owl says, if you want us to keep quiet, start with my wife. She began the whole thing. Mrs. Howell shrieks out, I began it. Mr. Howell says, yes, you did. Gilligan, trying to keep the peace, says, listen, folks, why don't we... But Mr. Howell cuts him off and says, oh, shut up, will you, Gilligan? The skipper, now angry, yells back, you can't tell Gilligan to shut up. I'll tell him when to shut up. Gilligan Mm. says, thanks, skipper. Now, the skipper says, shut up, Gilligan. (laughs) The professor looks at the Howells and asks, are you two going to have arguments every night? Mm. Mr. Howell snaps at the professor and says, and what is that to you? The professor says, well, I happen to live here. Mrs. Howell says, so do we. I'm sorry to say. Mr. Howell says, this was a stupid idea from the very start. Tomorrow, Lovey and I are going to build our own little hut. He consoles his wife by patting her shoulder. Gilligan says, the skipper told us there's going to be a big storm on the way. Mr. Howell asks, and what does he know about it? Has anyone seen the sky? Marianne pipes up and says, it's as Mm -hmm. clear as a bell. Ginger says, I think we've done all this work for nothing. Mm. The professor says, so do I. The skipper says, now, wait a minute, folks. Don't be fooled by a little good weather. We're going to have a real blow. All right. (laughs) Gilligan's like, hell yeah. You're talking about those Indians, aren't you? No. (laughs) Ginger starts putting like lipstick on. That's a segue from last week. (laughs) They collect heads, the whole thing. Right, right, right. Mr. Howell barks, (laughs) well, what do you know about it? The skipper argues, it just so happens I'm an experienced sailor. Mr. Howell now says what we're all thinking. He says, if you were an experienced sailor, we wouldn't be shipwrecked on this fucking island. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Right. And then he walks off camera and he comes back with Mike Brady and he fucking drops him. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Mrs. Howell says, let's spend the rest of the night outside. I'm getting a touch of hut fever. Mm. Mr. Howell pats his wife and says, it's all right. I'll take you out in the jungle where it's nice and quiet. (laughs) The professor says, I'll start work on my own place too. Marianne says, oh, that's a good idea, as everyone begins talking all at once. The skipper shouts, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now be practical. In the first place, what do you folks think you're going to use to make huts? Mr. Howell says, first of all, we'll start with our door. Mr. Howell gets excited and adds, yes, our door. And they walk off to get their door off the hut. Ginger adds, and these walls belong to us. We'll take our walls. Mm. Come on. Marianne joins Ginger in taking the walls. The professor says, I'll be by in the morning for my roof. Mm. They all walk off their separate ways. Damn. Like a motherfucking boss. (laughs) (laughs) So Ginger comes out in just a blanket. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm kind of glad that Mr. Howell actually said it. You know, if you're such an experienced uh, how did we end up here on this dreary island? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you're really good at predicting weather. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't see that storm coming the first day at all. Like, yeah. Like yeah, you're, you're really three good at hours. All you had to do was predict the next three hours. Yeah. And afternoon, you had to figure out what the weather was going to be like. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Once again, too bad there's not a cave on this island. You know, that would mm-hmm. kind of would solve so many problems if there was just a cave. I mean, where are they going <laughs> to find a cave? Like, damn, fucking caves. <sighs> Scene nine. After everyone leaves, the skipper says to Gilligan, I think they're making a big mistake. Gilligan says, they sure are. Part of the roof belongs to Mr. Howell. Skipper says, I mean, their (laughs) attitude, they're being selfish. Only thinking of themselves. We've got to function as a group. Gilligan says, you're right, Skipper. Skipper thinks for a second and says, I wonder what's going to happen when those monsoons come. Gilligan says, I don't know. If they don't build their own huts, then they have to come bunk with us. Just then, Mr. Howell walks back in the hut. He's surprised to see Gilligan and the skipper still standing there. He says, oh, oh, oh. I thought everyone was asleep. Skipper says, we're turning in right now, Mr. Howell. Mr. Howell says, I, uh, I, I thought I'd forgotten something, but I, I guess I was mistaken. Gilligan says, no, you weren't. No, you weren't. No, you act like that. No, you weren't. <laughs> Gilligan bends down, picks up his teddy bear and hands it to him. Gilligan says, here it is. Mr. Howe awkwardly takes the teddy, looks at the two of them and says, night, night, and walks out. (laughs) The skipper just awkwardly stands there. I'm surprised the professor doesn't see like what I guess the skipper sees. Because, I mean, isn't he supposed to be like an expert in survival since he was apparently like, (laughs) well, first of all, because he's an expert at everything else, apparently, but he was a scoutmaster. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, do you know the motto for the Boy Scouts? You were in the Boy Scouts, right? Be prepared. Exactly. Like that's literally their motto. And why is, mm-hmm. why is the professor, if he's really as a scoutmaster going against, okay, let's all pitch in and get shelter as quickly as possible. And I don't mm-hmm. know, be prepared. Like what the fuck? Moron. I assume that's survival <laughs> 101. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> get, find, find, um, shelter and make a fire. Those are the two things. Like. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, makes no whatever. sense to me. I was going to say, man, it's going to start sounding like a drill sergeant here soon. Hut one, hut two. Yeah, I just made yeah. that shit up. I just made that shit up. Just open my mouth and on the came. You are truly a gift to this show, Jimmy. I swear oh, to God. Yeah. See, now oh, I sound like, like ginger. Open my mouth and out it came. <laughs> Sorry, that's gross. <laughs> All right, so this is where we take our next break. So the castaways are not feeling this plan of socialism the captain is offering them. Seems they've all lost their tempers. What will they do? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they end up uh, building one hut and weathering out the storm. Mm. You just asked. All right. Well, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We're going to break it all down. We're going to come back. So we'll be back. Coming in the fall of 2022, Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel inspired by the toys and cartoons of the 1980s. Click the link in today's show notes to preview now. The book follows 11-year-old Tommy Grant, 
who is trying to deal with some unfavorable circumstances in his otherwise tranquil life in rural 1980s Ohio. He retreats to the thing he loves most, the Order of Cosmic Champions, a long-running animated TV program and line of toys that provides Tommy with a much-needed boost of joy, especially when he discovers that the manufacturer is holding a nationwide create-a-character contest. The winning design will be made into an action figure and be sold the world over, with its creator becoming president for a day at the headquarters of the manufacturer. But when Tommy's character design loses out, his world begins to crumble, and you can only think of one way to fix it. Find the kid that submitted the winning design and try to convince him to help make Tommy's dream come true. Visit orderofcosmicchampions.com now where you can read about the inspiration for the new book, watch the teaser trailer, Listen to the official theme song, Stand or Fall, by Stan Bush. Wherever evil falls is the way, in the heat of battle, only one remains. In the final hour, when you hear the call, the courage to give your all. Stand or fall. See action figure designs based on the Order of Cosmic Champions characters and sign up for updates on the novel's progress and upcoming release date. That's orderofcosmicchampions.com or click the link in today's show notes. Tommy and the Order of Cosmic Champions, a new novel by Anthony Rapino and Anthony Great, coming in the fall of 2022. And we are back. Ooh, that was a good break. That was a good one. <laughs> well, good. Well, good. So, I mean, okay, I understood the gymnastics for the Brady Bunch. I got that. Right? I get it. <laughs> right. You know, you got to yeah. the point where you did whatever that trick was you said, where you almost hit yourself in the in the throat with your taint. You know. But the, the whole mm-hmm. rhythm gymnastics, I don't really get, you know, you know, with the whole ribbon and stuff, I don't really understand it. Especially like, like tying it to your hog, really? Like, <laughs> like really? Like which that's parts, which parts confusing for but you? But I mean, I don't know. Like, why wouldn't you just use your hand or a stick? Like, why? You know, therein lies the challenge, sir. Okay, all right. Hmm. I know I make it look easy when I was doing it, right? Because you're like, it's it looks easy. It's too easy. It's not. It took me like days of training. Literally days, huh? Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you ever put mm-hmm. up the YouTube video? No, I didn't. I mean, it's not like, gonna get, it's not like we're going to get demonetized because <laughs> we're not monetized. So <laughs> you can put it up and not suffer any consequences. So go ahead and put that up tonight. Well, I mean, our channel set for kids, so. So? <laughs> put it up on our Facebook page. I'm sure people want to see it. <laughs> I'm sure Jenny and Jim would love to see this. Oh, I don't know if they would. Maybe if we had requests. All right. Okay. All right. So when we last left off, the castaways have to build some sort of a structure to protect them from the storm that's brewing out in the ocean. Oh, you mean like you mean like a like a like a cave made of bamboo? <laughs> that makes yeah, sense. You got it. That makes yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, make one out of bamboo. That makes total sense. <laughs> 
The captain stresses that they should all work together to build one hut for all of them to share. But the people have revolted and have decided they all want their own huts instead. Has mutiny already happened on the island? Mm. Will everyone get their own hut? You know what they should do? You know what they should do? One of them should only fish, but they don't get to sell the fish. They get to keep what they need and distribute it evenly amongst the castaways. (laughs) And another one will farm and they get to keep only what they need and distribute it amongst the castaways. And everybody has their own little job to do and they get to keep what they need and distribute it. And then they can start attacking other islands. Okay. That's communism. Never mind. It's a joke. I was going to say that sounds like socialism, not (laughs) communism. That's communism. Communism is where somebody makes them do it all. Like they take it and then they distribute it. I guess they, if the captain's like a fascist dictator. <laughs> that was a joke. You're reading into it way too far. <laughs> no. You're like, but Jimmy, no, that's such an asshole thing. Why would they do that? I'm like, it was a joke. It's- <laughs> no, I was adding on to it. <laughs> I was saying it was socialism. You are saying it was communism. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like the captain like shows signs of anger and has no patience. <laughs> well, one of them's <laughs> going to have to obviously brew alcohol. So. <laughs> And you, you got to make all the alcohol. <laughs> is it really think it's necessary for survival? Trust me, for your survival, it is. <laughs> oh, okay. I see what Come you're on, saying. That, that was funnier than you acted. The most, the, the, the main difference between communism and socialism, socialism is that under communism, most property and economic resources are owned and controlled by the state. So you're right. Um, rather than individual citizens. Under socialism, all citizens share equally. And yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, my bad. I stand corrected. Well, I sit corrected. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. All right. You ready to get back into it? I am ready to get back into this. All right. Scene 10. The next day, Gilligan is working on a new hut. So far, there are only bamboo shoots sticking out of the ground for supports. The skipper calls out for him. Gilligan says, I'm right here in the kitchen. Or is it the den? I don't know exactly where I am, but I'm right here someplace. The skipper walks up carrying a long piece of wood. Hell yeah. We -hmm. saw that in that last scene. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He says, what's that? With his sack? What's that? The scene with his sack, too? Yeah. Yeah, sack and a long piece of wood. He says, Gilligan, you are standing in my bedroom. Gilligan says, I'm sorry, skipper. You want to come in and go to sleep? Skipper says, no, I don't want to come in and go to sleep. Gilligan says, it's okay if you want to, because I can go work in the living room. Mm -hmm. Skipper interrupts him and says, Gilligan, I want you to come out and plane the ends of this crossbeam. Gilligan drops what he's doing and runs around like a chicken with his head cut off with the drafting plans in his hand. The skipper asks, what are you doing? Gilligan replies, I'm trying to find the front door. The skipper mm-hmm. says, will you get out here and start working on this beam? <laughs> he said, like, get out here and start working on the beam. <laughs> Wait a minute. He had the drafting plans in his hand. Yeah. Why can't he find the front door? Oh, yeah, just look at the fucking plans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> Gilligan drops the plans and walks through the beams and out to the skipper. He asks, skipper, how come this is taking so long? Everyone else is almost done with their huts. The skipper puts his hands on his hips and says, Gilligan, my father had two sayings I shall always remember. Hurried work is worried work. And a job not well done is not a well done job. To which Gilligan compliments, boy, 
That's beautiful. The skipper now proud boasts. Pop they used to say a lot of beautiful things. Gilligan asks, was he a poet? Skipper crosses his arms and says, well, not exactly, Gilligan. Well, Pop was kind of a world, but Skip Skipper now frustrated that Gilligan has wasted his time asking about his father, loses his patience and says, oh, never mind, Gilligan. Now start working on this beam and I'll get some more bamboo. Gilligan says, yes, sir. As the skipper runs off, Gilligan begins to work on the crossbeam with a machete. Machete. Uh, <laughs> just then, Mr. Howell runs over with a laugh. Ha ha! Hello there, Gilligan. And he smacks him on the ass with a cane. Hmm. Gilligan says, hi, Mr. Howell. Uh, how are things going? Mr. Howell boasts, well, I'm happy to announce the completion of Howell Manor. And I just stopped to ask you and the skipper for a little plantation warming tonight. And he smacks him on the ass again. This time, Gilligan tries to block the cane with his machete. Gilligan asks, is it okay if I wear what I have on? Mr. Howell looks at him and says, oh, yes, yes. Delightfully informal. I think you'll know everybody there. Gilligan says, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I will at that. Mr. Howell says, oh, by the way, might I borrow the machete? I want to cut some palm leaves. You see, Mrs. Howell is making drapes for the dining room. Gilligan says, sure, Mr. Howell. What time should we be there? Mr. Howell says, shall we say five o'clock? I think you know where the place is. Gilligan says, uh, yes, sir. Right behind that rock over there. <laughs> Mr. Howell confirms that's the place. Mr. Howell then chuckles at the excitement, all while trying to smack Gilligan with his cane in good fun. Gilligan, a little annoyed, tries to block him. <laughs> that was kind of a, a funny running joke where he kept trying to hit him and he was like trying to block him. And <laughs> it was pretty funny. Something tells me that wasn't planned. Something tells me that Jim Backus just did that. Because I don't think that's something that would have been written in the script. Ooh, you know what would be funny? If you smacked him on the ass with a can, that's not really something that comes across funny in the script, you know? <laughs> um, so what the fuck? Like, he's almost done with his with his plantation to the point where she's making din like dining room curtains. And he did all this all right. without a knife. Without a machete. Uh, yeah. um, yeah. I love how Mr. Howell runs off literally with the blade facing him. Have <laughs> <laughs> you caught that? But he's holding it by yeah. the, by the flat edge of the knife, not on the handle. <laughs> he's holding the blade <laughs> with his, his palm against the, the, the dull side of the blade. And he has the sharp side of the blade facing him as he runs off. <laughs> I can tell he's never done that before. Yeah. Scene 11. After Mr. Howell runs off with Gilligan's machete, he is now left with no tools to complete his job assignment. Just then, the skipper returns with some more bamboo over his shoulder and says, Why are you working on the beam? Gilligan says, Because I gave the machete to Mr. Howell. Skipper sighs and says, Gilligan, did it ever occur to you to use the saw? Gilligan says, yes, sir. That's the first thing I thought of. Skipper asks, well, why didn't you use the saw? Gilligan retorts, because I loaned that to the professor. Skipper now getting a little angry. Big fucking surprise. I need, I need a fucking beer. Oh, it is a fucking surprise. <laughs> How will we ever get this place done if you keep loaning out our tools? Now, I don't want you to do that anymore. Do you understand that? Now, that's an order. Gilligan says, yes, sir. Skipper repeats, Gilligan, anybody that comes up and says anything to you, wants anything, the answer is 
No, 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 no. Now, have you got that? Gilligan yells back, no. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> In frustration, <laughs> the skipper slams down the bamboo sheaths he was carrying onto the ground and walks off. Just then, Ginger seductively walks up to Gilligan as he quietly practices the word no and closely whispers in his ear, Hello? Gilligan jumps and shouts at her, No, no, no! <laughs> Ginger says, Gilligan, what kind of a greeting is that? Gilligan hits back and says, That's the kind of greeting everybody gets who tries to borrow anything. No, no, no! Ginger gingerly replies, <laughs> I didn't come here to borrow anything. Gilligan asks, you didn't? Ginger seductively whispers, no. Oh, shit. Gilligan slowly backs away as to feeling her power take over him. He asks, no? She slowly walks towards him and seductively whispers, no. All I want is just a teeny weeny. Gilligan says, Oh, I got one of those. <laughs> now, Ginger seductively says, All I want is just a teeny, weeny, weensy, weeny piece of rope. At this point, Gilligan has now been backed into a corner and asks, Uh, how long a little teeny, weeny, weensy, weensy bit of rope do you want? Ginger continues her succubus ways and says, Nine feet. That isn't much, is it? <laughs> Gilligan, fighting the urge, says, Well, no. Nine feet's hardly anything at all. I would have been like, I can't give you nine feet, but I can give you nine inches. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. Sorry. <laughs> That's my brother um, Rick channeling through me. <laughs> Ginger then kisses her fingertip and attempts to put it on Gilligan's lips. But he backs away and falls to the ground. Ooh, damn. Because he don't want to get no fucking virus. <laughs> he quickly gets up and grabs the rope to measure it out. Ginger says, that's awfully sweet of you, Gilligan. Gilligan says, heck, it's only rope. Gilligan measures out the rope on the beam he was supposed to be working on and cuts the rope with a hatchet. But not only cuts the rope, but the beam in half as well. Hell Gilligan yeah, because he's strong as fuck. <laughs> I said that earlier. He's like the fucking Hulk, man. He's like Popeye. They got spinach growing on that island. <laughs> Gilligan now fumbles through the rope and now two pieces of wood and hands her the rope. He says, here's your nine feet of rope, Ginger. Ginger says, thank you, Gilligan. He then takes a look at his two beams and offers up. And if you need a low ceiling, I've got two three foot beams if you want them. Ginger says, the rope is all I wanted. Thanks. Ginger then walks off. And Ginger's like, the rope is all I ever wanted. Hmm. Hmm. It's all yeah, I wanted bitch. from the beginning, Gilligan. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't want your teeny Go jerk teeny. off. <laughs> right. <clears throat> Gilligan or Ginger straight up like, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can you repeat the question? That's what, that's what oh, Ginger said. She straight up said that. She's like, that's that's the deleted scene if you look on the, the features. She's like, can you repeat the question? And she's like, can I talk to the skipper? <laughs> bitch. Yeah, she was an <laughs> evil bitch. That's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, right? Um, that was an impressive axe. Like, he fucking cut straight through that beam with one swipe. And it... <laughs> and, 
it almost, I mean, it was so clean. It almost looked like it had been sawed. Like that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah. Okay. Why does the skipper repeatedly leave Gilligan with the tools? <laughs> he obviously can't be trusted. I, I, I'm more, the more the show goes on, the more I'm convinced that the skipper's the stupid one, not Gilligan. Because despite Gilligan repeatedly failing in certain areas, the skipper like try, what he's already he's only failed at this like fifty times like like he's gonna fail fifty one times okay like that's his attitude. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Scene twelve. Once again, the skipper returns with more bamboo over his shoulder. Gilligan quickly tries to hide that he accidentally chop the beam in half. Skipper says, I made a mistake with the six foot beam. Gilligan says, yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Skipper. Like when everybody makes mistakes, especially with six foot beams, <laughs> I think six foot beams are easy to make mistakes with. <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but, it's, but it's quickly cut off. Get it cut off yeah. by the skipper saying, Gilligan, will you cut that out? <laughs> yeah, it cut it out. <laughs> All these puns. (laughs) Man, that's how my dad used to love, huh? Mm -hmm. I want to use this for a wall brace. Cut it in half. Gilligan bends down and and he pretends to cut it in half. (laughs) Cut it in whole. No, I'm just I'm laughing because just the way he did it was so funny. He was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I even use this hand, <laughs> made sound effects. <clears throat> the skipper spins around, knocking Gilligan in the back of his head with the bamboo over his shoulder. Gilligan says, here you are, skipper. Two three foot cross beams. The skipper turns and looks and with surprise says, wow, you sure did that in a hurry because he's strong as fuck, boy. <laughs> Gilligan says, yes, sir. With a smile, Skipper says, now hand me that coil rope. (laughs) Gilligan says, yes, sir. (laughs) Gilligan grabs the small one foot rope and winds it up (laughs) in the sand and gives it to the Skipper, hoping he won't notice how small it is. (laughs) The Skipper looks at it and says, Gilligan, you didn't remember to say what I told you, did you? Gilligan, without looking at him... (laughs) In the eye says, oh, yes, sir. I said no exactly like you told me just before I gave away the rope. <laughs> the skipper gets spun up and says, oh, Gilligan. Oh, there's a fucking surprise. You see those clouds there pointing into the sky? Gilligan says, yeah, they're pretty. <laughs> the skipper says, they're not pretty. They could storm any minute. Now you go out on the double and get everything that you loaned out. Hurry up on the double. Gilligan says, yes, sir. Gilligan begins to run off, but stops, comes back and says, Skipper, you don't have to worry. If it starts to rain, we can work inside. (laughs) Pointing to the lonely beams that form a topless hut. (laughs) Skipper boils up and yells, Gilligan, will you get out of here on the double? Gilligan runs off in fear of the Skipper's loose temper and runs into beams along the way. Mm. Sexy topless beams. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bob Denver is so so good at this physical comedy shit. His facial expressions really is, and yeah. many timing top yeah. notch. You know he went home every day like all bruised and shit. You know he did. 
<laughs> I love how he looked at, he refused to look at the skipper, kind of like when your dog takes a shit on the floor and you scold him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what did you do? And like, that's funny. Uh, scene 13. The professor, uh, the professor sits in his house. Do, do you think the professor's sexy or something? Because you were straight up like the professor. Oh. It's the way I said it didn't come out right. Oh, okay. (laughs) The professor sits in his hut working at his makeshift desk doing work of some sort, writing things down. Gilligan arrives at his open door and knocks. The professor tells him to come in. Gilligan enters and the professor says, oh, hello, Gilligan. Gilligan says, hi, professor. This is sure a nice place you have here. What are you doing? The professor says, I'm making notes for a book. Gilligan asks, You mean you're writing a book? The professor says, that's one of the reasons I wanted to be out by myself. It's going to be a chronicle of our adventures here on the island. Gilligan says, no kidding. The professor says, I think it's a book people will buy, don't you? Gilligan says, sure, I'll buy one. I'm dying to know what happens to us. The professor chuckles and says, so am I. Gilligan finally gets to the point and says, could I have the chisel and saw you borrowed? Professor says, oh yeah, I loaned the chisel to the girls, but the saw is right here somewhere. The professor gets up and retrieves it. Gilligan wanders around the professor's hut to admire his handiwork. As he pulls a little frond out, it falls to the ground. The professor looks up in surprise and asks, what'd you do to that wall? Gilligan says, I'm sorry, professor. All I did was just pull this palm leaf and the whole thing fell down. Professor not buying it says, oh, come on. Gilligan says, honest, that's what happened. Professor goes on, don't try to tell me that pulling one palm leaf can make a whole wall fall down. The professor spins around and goes to another wall and pulls a palm leaf. He pulls out one full palm leaf and nothing happens. He shows it to Gilligan and backs it up by saying, I built this place, you remember? Oh, damn. Gilligan looks at the wall, walks over and pulls one palm leaf. Just as he does this, the wall goes crashing to the ground along with the rest of the walls and the roof to follow, falling on top of Gilligan and the professor. The professor just stares at Gilligan as if it's his fault. Gilligan, still holding the piece of palm leaf, hands it back to the professor. He snatches it from Gilligan and hangs his head in shame. Damn. Damn. He's like, I fucking built this shit. Like, damn. (laughs) So I might have been confused when I wrote this note. Me but too. my note says, what about that three hour tour on that tiny ass little boat made him think it'd be by, he'd be by himself long enough to write a book. But I think he's saying he wanted his hut by itself so he could yeah. write a book. Okay. All right. So I misunderstood I, I, that. I misunderstood too. Cause Did I you? wrote, okay. so we learned the reason professional wanted to go on the tour yeah, by himself yeah, yeah. was to write a book. But then I just realized after reading that, I was like, Oh, by himself on the island. It is funny how we take it different ways. Cause you're like, Oh, that's interesting. His motivation for going was to like fucking <laughs> write a book and everything. And I'm like, yeah, what, what the fuck? Like you're going to sit on a boat with five other people and a little tiny ass 19 foot boat and think you can <laughs> have enough time in three hours to write a fucking novel. Like, it's just funny how we take it different ways. And as I was reading the uh, the scene, I was like, he's like, oh, I wanted to be off by myself so I can write a book in our adventures here on the island. Like, how do you fucking know that they were going to have an adventure on an island? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see now. Yeah. Yeah. Scene 14. At the girl's hut. Gilligan Hell and Myers. Yeah. At the girl's hut. 
Gilligan uh, admires their work, we should say. <laughs> Marianne asks, you really like what you see, Gilligan? <laughs> Gilligan says, yeah, girls, your uh, place is beautiful. <laughs> no, that's not how they were talking. Might <clears throat> be cool if they were. The professor had a beautiful place, but... He's quickly cut off by Ginger when she says, we're going to have a beautiful garden here. And then we're going to, but stops to smell the air. She sniffs a couple of times. Ginger says, Marianne, your fudge is burning. (laughs) Marianne jumps up and says, oh, oh my goodness. And runs over to the hut. She attempts to open the door, but it won't budge for her burning fudge. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like this way of saying she's got a hot ass? <laughs> oh, maybe. How about how about this? <clears throat> you say that line, and I'll drop a yeah. beat. Ready? Wait, uh, she she Come attempts on. to open the door, but it won't. But it won't budge for her burning fudge. Mm. Yeah, that was terrible. That's okay. Yeah, it was bad. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Sound like a dad from trying to rap. (laughs) (laughs) Marianne says, oh, the door won't open. Gilgan says, here, I'll get it. Hold this. He hands a saw to Ginger as he runs over to the door. He says, here, allow me. Marianne says, thanks, Gilligan. Gilligan shakes the door in an attempt to free it open. As he does this, all the walls and the roof fucking collapse because Gilligan is fucking strong as shit. He's so strong. He's single-handedly demolished two different huts. Hell yeah. That's fucking Gilligan right there. Well, that's not fucking Gilligan. You know what I mean? Gilligan, not noticing, still pries at the door to open it. See, he's so strong, he didn't even realize what he did. Once he finally frees the door, he opens it sees what had just happened and says, well, at least I freed the door. The girls just sigh. Hmm. Miriam was like, our scissoring station. No, <laughs> I know we, we may not see our families again. We're stranded on an Island, but my fucking fudge is burning. Like that's, that's how many, how much stress she has right now. That's how unhappy she is about being on this Island. It's how relaxed she is. She's like making baked goods. She's having having a grand old time. Um, They really suck at building huts. I mean, uh, besides the fact that Gilligan's strong as shit. Um, (laughs) Did they really think that was going to resist a bad storm? (laughs) Yeah. Like they just have like palm fronds just thrown on as a roof. They're just like, it's like one, it's like five of like on the professor's roof was like five palm fronds just laid out. (laughs) It's like they take bamboo and they just shove it into the dirt like it's some kind of like beach umbrella. And they just <laughs> lean a bunch of <laughs> they well the first they tie crossbeams with rope apparently. I don't know. And then you just lean palm fronds against it like just but you have to do it at an <laughs> angle so they won't fall. That's how they build their huts. You didn't think to like tie the bamboo's walls together. Nobody does that tag. You just gravity. Hello. You can just lean it like a card, like a, like a card house. <laughs> it's called like a lean to for a reason. Yeah. Like a house of cards. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Sturdy like a house of cards. Exactly. 
Scene 15. Over at Howl Manor, Gilligan and the Skipper arrive. Mr. Howl stands outside, sipping on a tropical drink. Gilligan says, hi, Mr. Howl. Mr. Howl says, gentlemen, we're a little early, aren't we? He chuckles and goes on, not that it matters. Welcome to Howl Manor. Gilligan says, Mr. Howe built a real nice hut, didn't he, Skipper? Skipper says, so did the others, but it just took one little disaster to leave them homeless. Ooh, damn. Mr. Howe asks, uh, what disaster are you talking about? Gilligan hangs his head in shame as the Skipper says, that's why we stopped by, Mr. Howe. We want to talk to you about the community hut. Mr. Howe says, you don't have to say another word about it. Of course I'll contribute. I give to the community hut every year. Gillian says, no, the community hut, the seven of us built. Skipper reminds him, and the five of you tore down. If we could just work together like we did before, we can rebuild it before the rough weather sets in. Mr. Howell cackles and says, you and your rough weather. I like rough weather. He chuckles some more and adds, I welcome rough weather. May I say, Captain, that this place is built to withstand anything. He wraps the side of it with his cane for inflection. Skipper says, you may think it is. Gilligan adds, yeah, Mr. Howe, you may think it is. But the skipper interrupts him. Quiet, Gilligan. Come over here, sit down, and be quiet. I'll handle this. Mr. Howe says, I assure you, Captain, the place is a veritable fortress. Gilligan walks over and sits on the outside hammock. As soon as he does this, the entirety of Howe Manor crumbles to the ground all the while mr howe says it's a veritable it's the rock of gibraltar hmm <sighs> yeah it's a straight up fortress man fuck that mm-hmm. um and none of the huts looked weatherproof at all like not even a little bit no hmm Mm-mm. okay mm-hmm. it'd be like standing outside in the rain in a cage like <laughs> it's not really gonna do much <laughs> Scene 16. Later that night, a storm rolls in on the island. Mm. The seven stranded castaways all huddle under one roof. The walls of the makeshift hut shake back and forth as the wind, rain, and thunder and lightning all come at once. Wasn't just them that were coming. We saw Ginger. Mm -hmm. Marianne huddles with the professor. She says, listen to that storm. How long do you think the hut's going to last? Ginger says, These walls should have blown away hours ago. The skipper asks, why do you say that, Ginger? Ginger boasts, because I helped put them up. (laughs) The professor says, I don't know what's keeping my roof up either. Mr. Howell, while clutching his teddy bear, says, Lovey, if anything happens, I want to thank you for 15 of the happiest years a man ever had. Lovey says, Thurston, we've been married for 20. Hmm. Mr. Howell says, I know, but the last five years, I've been a little shaky. Mm-hmm. He gives a mocking look to Ginger and then says, I was only joking. You see, I'm laughing in the face of danger. We Howells always have. Hmm. Lovey says, my darling's always so brave. Mr. Howell says, thank you. Thank you. Grandfather Howell was the same way. When the stock market crashed in 1929, Did he show signs of panic like the others? Did he show signs of fear? Not dear old granddad. He just laughed and joked all the way down to the pavement. 
He joked in the face of danger. Mm. Skipper rolls his eyes at Gilligan, then speaks up. Folks, let me reassure you. This hut is solid as a rock. It'll withstand anything that Mother Nature has to throw at it. Just then, a beam falls to the floor and scares everyone. Gilligan adds, the skipper's right. This cut can stand anything. I mean, look at the construction here. Gilligan goes over to the wall (laughs) to test his strength. The skipper jumps up and says, don't touch anything, Gilligan. Do you want the hut to fall down? Mm. Gilligan apologizes as the skipper says, Gilligan, after this disaster, you are in charge of the passengers. Gilligan says, me? What about you? Mm. The skipper puffs out his chest and says, it's my duty, (laughs) duty, as Mm. captain to go down with the hut. Gilligan stops and listens for a second and says, hey, listen. The other stop and listen. The skipper says, listen, I don't hear anything. Gilligan says, that's what I mean. The storm's over. Marianne lights up and says, Gilligan's right. She hugs the professor. Whoa, damn. And says, oh, we're saved. Everyone shouts and cheers. Ginger proudly states, my walls made it. The professor smiles and says, look at my roof. It's as dry as a bone. Mr. Howell shouts, lovey, lovey, we're saved. Mrs. Howell is in deep thought and says, you know, Thurston, the last five years haven't been any picnic for me either. The skipper says, folks, I told you that we could weather this storm. Now I'll go out and see if there's any kind of real damage. The skipper runs off outside. Gilligan adds, you see, the skipper was right. If all of us work together, we can do anything. If you put your mind to it, you can accomplish anything. (laughs) (laughs) Marianne, still high on surviving, says, you're right. Oh, that's how I read it. (laughs) So... Is it just me, or does it seem like Ginger was enjoying the threat of death yeah. in shaky walls? I Almost like she was too. getting off on it. Like she was like smiling and, and like leaning against the wall that was shaking. She was like, ah, "Our lives are in danger." This, <laughs> ah, oh yeah, you know, she was like getting off on it. Yeah, that's what I. That's what it looked like to me too. Well, it looked like um, Professor and Marianne were kind of like. This could be our last night on Earth, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Did you notice Marianne was actually scared here because the storm was a real threat and it wasn't something she controlled? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So she was actually scared here. Yeah, that's true. This wasn't part of her master plan. Mm -mm. Damn. But no, my first note is, what on Earth is Ginger sitting on? It was like a washing machine. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> There's something else she's sitting and she's got to be for that kind of reaction and the way her pips, hips are like moving around. So she's sitting on something. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> did you notice that Ginger inadvertently knocked over her canteen and then in the next shot, she was still drinking of it. Like mm. she knocked it over and it was on, it fell on the floor and in the next shot she was drinking from it. Well, continuity here. Oh yeah. Um, mm. Mr. Howell has his teddy bear. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. He's, mm-hmm. he's like, we're brave. And he's got a fucking teddy bear in his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was one of my notes too, is Marianne is the scaredest she's ever been. WTF. Mm-hmm. Um, but at first I really thought this was the eye of like a, of a hurricane. Oh, right. Right. I was thinking the same thing. Like, Storm's like never well. that quick. Mm-hmm. You need to get your ass back in the hut. Like, <laughs> right. But, yep. <clears throat> what do we know? Hmm. <laughs> 
<clears throat> scene, Savantine. Gilligan runs to open the hut door to help the skipper out. As he does this, he sees the skipper floating in the lagoon. He asks, hey, skipper, what are you doing in the lagoon? Skipper says, never mind what I'm doing in the lagoon. What's the hut doing in the lagoon? Throw me a line, Gilligan. We see that the hut is completely surrounded by water and floating in the lagoon. Mm -hmm. Gilligan says, aye, aye, sir. He leaves to grab a line, but returns with an anchor. He says, hold on, Skipper. Gilligan swings the anchor back and forth to throw it out to the Skipper. As he tosses it overboard, Gilligan falls into the lagoon along with it. Mm. Man. The rest Silly of the Gilligan. castaways. <laughs> Silligan. The rest <laughs> of the castaways all get up to see the commotion. Mr. Howe shouts to the Skipper, this is a mutiny. I, I, I kind of looked at the hut and it looks like it was just built onto the raft from the first one. Like it looks like mm -hmm. the same raft, but that just now it's got walls on it. Um, <laughs> why did they have an anchor in the hut if they didn't know they were going to be in the in the water? <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Unless they just had an extra. When hand. we were looking at a minute ago, nowhere in there was the anchor. So, mm. um, so the skipper is the skipper of a boat, and he can't swim. Like, why does he need a line thrown to him? Just swim back to the hut. Like, <laughs> I don't know. He's so fucking lazy. He is. Don't just stand there. Bring me more firewood. And he's just standing there doing nothing. Like, don't just stand there. Throw me a line so I don't have to swim. He's worse than Mr. Howell. God. Don't just stand there, Gilligan. Do something for me. <laughs> Hold it while I pee, damn it. I need to have my hands on my hips so I look frustrated. Like, all right. I need to hold on to my hat because I'm so mad. <laughs> Scene 18. Later, the skipper is working on rebuilding a hut. Gilligan arrives with a toolbox full of tools. He sets it right down where the skipper is working and scares him and almost knocks over everything. <laughs> the skipper's hat flies off as he says, Oh, Gilligan. Gilligan bends down and picks up the hat and hands it to him. Skipper's, excuse me. Skipper says, thanks a lot, Gilligan. He takes a breath, smiles and says, little buddy, clear skies ahead and points to the sky. Gilligan says, uh-huh. The passengers are building their own huts again. The skipper calmly says, and so are we. Now, I won't have to remind you about lending our tools out, will I? Gilligan barks back at him. No, 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 no. The skipper jumps up and says, okay, Gilligan, good boy. The skipper then walks off proudly. Gilligan pulls out a saw and begins to cut his wood. <laughs> Speaking of cutting wood, Ginger arrives and whispers seductively, hello, Gilligan. No, she doesn't whisper that quite. She's like, hello, Gilligan. Gilligan stops sawing, slowly sighs, and hands her the saw that he's been using. She <laughs> smiles and takes it from him. Gilligan reaches in the tool chest and pulls out a hammer and other tools for her. She smiles and takes them all. As she realizes she's taken all the tools in the box, she simply asks, could you just carry the toolbox, please? Gilligan, full of shame, nods in agreement and carries it for her. <laughs> he better be able to like just touch her boob real quick or like, like touch one finger on her butt cheek or something. You know what I mean? Like give him something like you're going to be flirting with him like this. Come on now. You know, give him something. I mean, come on. Hmm. Yeah. 
don't know. Yeah. But um, what's cool is that drill that he had in the toolbox. I have a drill like that. One of those, the drill where you have to hold the top and wind it. Mm-hmm. I got one of those in the garage. Hmm. It's pretty neat. And hmm. once again, why does the skipper put Gilligan in charge of all the tools <laughs> when he fucking knows he's going to fail? What has changed? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. Okay. Well, that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> That was a good one. (laughs) (sighs) All right. So I do have an email to read. Oh, okay. Oh, we were supposed to play backyard against music. That's what, that's the other soundbite we need to download. Castaways. We are (laughs) castaways. You don't know that song? No, still don't know it, man. All right. People listen, people listening, really. Um, Listeners, like if you know that song, write in and tell us. See if you know what that's from. Mm-hmm. All right, so this email comes to us from Jill. You Jill. remember Jill? Mm-hmm. She says, Tack and Jimmy. Yes. Hello. Hello. I just finished listening to the Snooper Star, and yes, those pink foam rollers are typically used on damp hair. Remember we yeah, were discussing yes. that about the rollers and Cindy and all that? <clears throat> Yeah, because you can so, you can uh, use them as like a, like a pretend steamroller on the table. That's what I did when I was a kid. Or you can weren't didn't they weren't those like spring loaded too? And you can or am I thinking? Yeah, but if you hold the two ends, the foam part will roll. If yeah. you hold the two ends of it, the foam part will roll, and you can be like beep beep and act like it's a <clears> steamroller. Yeah, I think I'm thinking of the barrettes. You know where you like squeeze the two sides and it's printing, so it's like a catapult. Oh yeah, the one that's a, that looks like a little jet ski. Yeah, you can like put a little piece of paper on the end of it, squeeze the two ends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I used to pretend they were jet skis on the carpet. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Anyway, Joe goes on. She says, she could have rolled her hair and sprayed it with water. However, it's much better if they stay in for a longer period of time. That's what I thought. I'm also a bit sad about the episodes coming to an end. Yeah. Makes me feel like I'm losing my attic room. <laughs> my attic room? Just <laughs> <laughs> sob, sob. Go ahead, go ahead and make jokes. <laughs> See, we didn't even make that joke in this one. Be like, my hut room? <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, I'm looking forward to what you guys do next. As always, take care. Jill. Hmm. Thank you, hmm. Jill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it honestly before last, you know, we recorded last week. Me, me and Tech were pretty nervous. I mean, because yeah. we don't we don't know how you guys are gonna like this show. You know, like the research we did tells us that there is a, a kind of a following for Gilligan's Island out there, and because it's not streamed anywhere, I mean, mm-hmm. this is a way to experience it in some way. So Indeed. we certainly don't get anything for it being streamed again. Like that's that's not our goal. That we <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Jill. Always good to hear from you. Heck yeah. All right. Well, Jill, as you know, we had fun here today. Yes. Don't be offended. We do love the show. We're not racist or sexist. No. And we'd also personally like to thank our producers from Patreon because without you, this absolutely couldn't be possible. And of course, we're talking about Jenny and Jen. You guys are awesome. You guys are great. You guys have been with us the longest. And, uh, we will always appreciate it. So thank you very much. And Jill's one of our producers too. So. Oh, I know. I know. But we always give a special yeah. shout out to Jenny and mm-hmm. Jim. The OPs. <laughs> All right. So we're going to hand out a little bit of homework assignments. Yes. First one is check out the website 
And our affiliate store on the site, it costs you nothing extra, but it helps out the show tremendously. Yes. Also, do a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Podcaser, Podchaser, and CastBox. That helps out the show a lot, too, because it kind of tells iTunes how, how much we're liked or disliked by the audience. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of puts us in different ratings and different, you know, when you and search a show. In the rank. Yeah. If somebody was to, sh- to search something generic, it would put us higher up in those standings. So mm-hmm. it may seem like it's just self, you know, indulgent, but it, it actually helps with, you know, the placement of the podcast. Indeed. Um, also tell two friends about the show. And if you don't like it, tell that guy at work, you don't like the one that's always yeah. sitting in the break room, not doing his job. And he's always sitting there watching TV and shit when you don't want to watch fucking football and, it's usually mm-hmm. like the DIY channels on or something. He's in there watching the fucking sports game or whatever. Fucking Keith. Ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> send an email to the show and tell us how you like or dislike the show at a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Join the Facebook group and join in all the conversations and all the fun at a very Brady Facebook group. If you would like to be a producer, check out the Patreon at www.patreon.com slash a very Brady podcast. Check out our Instagram at a very Brady podcast. Follow us on Facebook and get updates. Like if the show's going to be late releasing or I don't know mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> Go check out the uh, retro network at yes. the retro network.com. Also, while you're on the internet, check out the T public store for merch. Link is in the description of this and every episode. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, go out there if you can and watch Gilligan's Island. Yes. And Jimmy here is going to tell us what episode you should watch next. On the next episode, we look at season one, episode three, Voodoo Something to Me. After somebody breaks into the supply hut, everyone suspects that a killer may be on the island. Mm. Because we all know killers steal shit out of supply huts. That's the main definition of a killer is they steal (laughs) shit, you know, like supplies, staplers and shit like that. Except for the skipper who thinks that it may have been part of a voodoo curse. All right. That one may be scary. We may have to watch that with adult supervision. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to talk about that, too, because it's the professor that goes, I think it could be a killer. And I was like, really? This is where he's going first? (laughs) I would have thought it would have been like a raccoon or monkey or something, but... An escaped convict or a killer is what he says. Like, it could be the Harlem Globetrotters. How? (laughs) (laughs) It could be astronauts. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. So, unless you have anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, in that case, I have been Jimmy. And I've been Tack. And this has been a very Brady podcast. And we will see you on another sunshine day. Keep smoking. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.